Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to Starbucks with Jim and Donardo on Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony Donardo. With me, we got Jim Rosati. Jim, good morning to you. Good morning. Um, we made it. We made it on a Monday. We made it on a Monday on time-ish. Ten minutes. It's yeah. not too bad. That's not bad at all. Once you account for, you know, waking up and stuff. Exactly. So for everybody, you're welcome. We're here for you today. Yep. I tried backing out. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I'm going Man, I'm going to be on Central Time every other day this week. So I was like, I'm not going to get up at 6 to do this. 5.45. So might as well. Just, might as well just do it. Just hate yourself today. That way you don't hate yourself later. No, I get that. Yeah. I get that. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you for showing up because you did say, let's postpone this. I was like, but Jim, I'm actually awake. Like you're awake, I'm awake. This is a first. And you 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 you're a soldier. You're doing it. So good job. I deserve I deserve more credit than you guys give you me. You do. <laughs> the one time you showed up. <laughs> um, but anyways, we did a prospect show last week. That just like you said, we started showing you we weren't prepared for this. And as we typically do, we just kept rambling and rambling and rambling. So we just did the hitters. So this week's gonna be part two of that. We're gonna talk about the pitchers in the system. Um, but before that, let's let's do our thing, Jim. You wanted to, to talk. Well, no, I mean, I just figured you know the, the wild card round just ended. So yeah. maybe talk a little bit about that. It was a really fun wild card round. Um you know, I made my stances known last off season on, you know, what I thought about extending and expanding the playoffs. Not really a big fan of it. I will say this though: big, big fan of the three-game wild card series. Like, so much better. Like the fact that you know one game doesn't decide it all. Uh, really really like that i also think it's pretty cool that you know you're 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 doing it all in one stadium so you know you get the home field advantage but home field advantage didn't really (laughs) mean too much this weekend three out of the four road teams ended up uh advancing so but no it was really fun weekend of baseball just good good games um i think one one breath of fresh air for me in particular was last year and, and really years past the, 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 the last few seasons of playoff baseball, we've seen a lot of just like bullpen use, right? Mm, yeah. Where a starter will go two, three innings and then teams will just f- shove relievers down your throat for like six, seven innings a game. Didn't see that this weekend. Like starters for the most part, like it was like the return of the starting pitcher. I think it was the first time where I think there were five starting pitchers who went seven plus this weekend total. And in the entirety of the last year's postseason, they didn't even have that many. You know, that's a good point. So lots of good starting pitching, which... Like, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see middle relievers throw four innings a game in what should be the showcase of the sport. 
right? Right. I want right. to see starting pitching. So I, I'm excited. I was excited to see that. Hopefully that continues. Uh, but that was that was cool to see. Um, and like, Mets and Cardinals lose the first weekend. So and I just you know brought warmth brought warmth to my heart, Denardo. Yeah, Cardinals losing was pretty nice. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch basically any baseball, any wild card games. I watched a little bit of the the uh, the Guardians Rays game, uh, game one, and that was it. That literally was it. Honestly, I I felt like and Tyler and I talked about this yesterday. Just kind of baseballed out. 162 games of Pirates baseball. I guess kind of did that for me. So it was nice, you know, when we had our last post-game show and then we did our Starbucks the next morning. I was like, you know what? I checked out. I checked out with this. I checked out with actual baseball. I was like, I'm not doing anything. And I didn't. And it was nice. But in being nice and doing that, I missed a lot of good baseball, especially last night's game, as you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was two hours late. <laughs> it's kind of the theme of our group chat last night. Yeah, that's true. You were you were sending out tweets like two hours after it happened. So yeah, but no fun baseball this weekend. Looking forward to this week. I'll be traveling, so I don't know how much I'll be able to watch, but I'll try to get as much as I can in. But uh, yeah, I was it was it was, a, it was a breath of fresh air. The starting pitching in particular, like it was, it was like how baseball should be played. You know, right? And like I said, that's a really good point. Not that I watched, but I do check the box scores. I was just checking the games and such. And yeah. with you saying that, I was like, you know, I didn't even pick up on that. But you're right. Like, I feel like every starter pretty much went six. For and sure. then, you know, I had some people who were just going and, 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 you know, pitching seven. So, yeah, it was it was it was good. Good stuff. Right. But let's dive into what our show is about today. And that is. Pitching prospects recap the season. Um, I think going into the season, this was probably like when it comes to the Pirates rebuild, mm-hmm. the biggest area for concern, oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think there were a quite a few, there were a, at least three really strong performances that maybe makes this uh, this area not as, um, you know, weak to weak as I thought. It's, it's early, Denardo. I'm, I'm having a struggle finding words. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I'll but, pick you up. That's what I'm here yeah, for right now. Yeah, that was good. Good, good tag team. Weak. But, um, and, and I think we need to start with the guy who – made the majors he jumped one two three levels this season um he's 23 years old came into the year as like a mid-teen prospect you know 15th in fan graphs um but he he is now in fan graphs updated rankings the number four prospect on the pirates the number 50 prospect in baseball denardo so huge jump and that's luis ortiz I'm like, <clears throat> I'm I'm in shock. I'm in shock. I kind of feel like some of these fan graphs updates are on crack right now. 
because <laughs> what a jump. And like this isn't taking anything, maybe it is actually, away from Luis Ortiz. Yeah, it's taken away from Luis Ortiz. But anyways, I guess what I'm at is, I mean, we saw him. We are excited for him, right? We're at this point now. It's like you have to pencil him in for the rotation next year. And I say pencil. He's got to fight for it. But with pencil, I'm putting him in the rotation because also what you lack in the minor league as far as depth, you lack in the major leagues. It's not like there's any guys taking rotation spots in the Pirates team next year. But when you look at the updated rankings, and we'll talk about this guy some more too, right? And he's in the Arizona follow. You talked to touch of him last week. And you look at other prospects, like he's above Quinn Priester. Like he's above Shane Boz right now. Shane Boz is number 51 prospect in baseball. And Luis Ortiz number 50. Like that's the jump we're talking about this guy who when he, he got the call, many people on Twitter and fans were saying, who's Luis Ortiz to now? Oh, he's number 50, base, 50 prospect in baseball. So kind of crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Um, and honestly, it just comes down to, and and I had I had a feeling that this might happen, um, because there's nothing that shows you or showcases your talent quite like made the major leagues, right? I mean, that's <laughs> right. You're facing the best players in baseball, um, and he came up, and just the the stuff. The fact that he was able to like just look unbelievable, uh, and it's not that he was like a no-name prospect at all. Like he, 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 you know, people had knew, known who he was going into the season, and you know, if you're in prospects, you know who he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, fifty, I was not. I did not think he was. And, and this is just fan graphs, but you know, we'll see what happens to the other places, but. I didn't. I was thinking he was going to jump in the top 100. Like I really thought that was going to happen, uh, because starting pitchers who consistently throw over 100 miles an hour and have just devastating sliders that are all over, you know, pitching ninja. Um, yeah, those are, and the who are who are still technically prospects. Those are top 100 prospects. Like the he fits the bill in the four times that we saw him in the major leagues you would say, oh, this guy must be a top prospect in baseball. Like, there was nothing that he did that showed you otherwise, honestly. Uh, so so I had a feeling that these jumps were was, were going to happen. I didn't think 50 was going to be the, the first number that we see here with uh, Ortiz. But just an unbelievable end of the year. Um, and now squarely on people's radar as far as a uh, top prospect in baseball goes. Yeah, I guess I wasn't too optimistic on this happening. Now, like you said, I mean, you doing this at the major league level means a whole lot, but seeing his, like his minor league numbers, even like seeing what he did in the minor leagues, it wasn't as if like he was blowing people away numbers wise you know it's not like like another guy like taj bradley like just dominated you know in, in a ball um like those numbers were like holy hell and in the minor league system it's not like louise ortiz ever did that it's just he came up for those four starts and did it here albeit in those four starts and it's like like i guess to put this in perspective too you know i, I feel like a lot are 
cautious in the rankings, right? It's like, okay, you, you had some success here, but chill out. You've never even made the like the rankings before. Like, think about Andy Rodriguez, who Took him now well. update yeah. you. He's number 33 prospect in uh in fan graphs. But think about the seasons he's had right now. And it took him all up until like basically right now to hit like the top 100 lists. And like, so for Luis Ortiz hit number 50 right now, that's why I'm like, that's, that's crazy. And, and again, like above Shane Boz, who also made the majors, of course, didn't have the success that Ortiz did in his four starts, but like he's jumped Quinn Priester, Shane Boz. I mean, these are guys that are being talked about for like the past two years of holy hell, you got to see these prospects. And now it's like, oh, I'm Luis Ortiz at 200 miles an hour. I'm better than you. And I don't know if I'm there yet, but and he's definitely exciting, uh, you know? So I don't know. E- either way, I'm kind of shocked that he made that jump right away. Yeah, you make a good point um, that, that you don't typically see that big of a jump, which is why I'm surprised about the number 50 right there in, in the fan yeah. rankings. But I honestly uh, was I, thinking like outside of top 100. Okay, he's, he's on yeah. notice now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I kind of – this is like the pitching version of – 2020 Q Brian Hayes, but it not that's a good to point. the way that like like Hayes was already like in the top 100 right like Key Brian Hayes was all over every top 100 list in baseball, but he was probably more like in like where, where Ortiz is now. He was in like the 50 range, right? Mm-hmm. And then Hayes makes the majors, right? And Hayes performs extremely well. Next thing you know, he's still a prospect that off season. Now Hayes is a top eight prospect in baseball right like he was right. in the top 10 pretty much everywhere after yep. that you know his short stint so it, it's kind of an equivalent to that where hey if you if you show you know elite talent at the major league level people are going to notice you people are going to raise you way up on their list so that's what what happened with ortiz here um and I think what this does is, you know, it puts his name probably on a lot of other people's radar um, just kind of throughout the, the industry. But yeah, it's kind of crazy to see Luis Ortiz, like the Pirates top pitching prospect on fan graphs right now, like ahead of ahead of Quinn Priester, like you mentioned. Um, kind of nuts. And I mean, like, not that they care, but like, you know, you're Quinn Priester. It's like, Jesus, like this guy just <laughs> I played with him. I was better than him. <laughs> The Pirates did Pirates things and called him up instead of me. And now he's number 50 prospect. And here I still am. I'm dropping down lists because I got to make way for Luis Ortiz. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of funny and ironic in that sense. But yeah, um, regardless, he had a solid season. It's one of those things, again, like you don't look at the numbers. You look at what he mm-hmm. presents. You, you listen to like what scouts are saying. And many people are talking about Luis Ortiz and like this transition he's had and look out for this guy. And then, you know, you got to see it firsthand in, in the major league system when he got the call and he threw his first 10 pitches. And you're like, where's this guy been? <laughs> like, how come I haven't heard more of him? Holy hell. And then, like you said, he maintained it. And like into the fourth inning, you're seeing that he's still throwing 100. Like it hasn't worn down. It's not as if like he threw, you know, 100 the first inning and now it's the fourth inning and he's hitting like 97, you know, 96. The dude was still pumping 100 miles an hour. Like, this is sustainable. This guy's right. got an arm, you know, and you see everything he's throwing. It's like, wow, 
there is, I mean, pump the brakes, right? Because this is just one start. But there is something here. Like day one, my mind, and I don't know whose post game show did we, you know, who did it or whatever, but like my mind was certainly if this guy can't be a starter, already I'm like, this guy's a back end bullpen guy right now. <laughs> He's good. So um, a lot of things to be excited about for Luis Ortiz. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of things. I mean, you, you, I mean, everything you said there agreed. Um, I would like to see him obviously start the year next year's rotation, but I also am not in the mindset that like you necessarily need to hand him a spot. Uh, I think you you have to bring in a couple pieces, at least one. You know, this offseason as far as like a veteran starting pitcher goes. Uh, but I mean, if Ortiz doesn't miss a beat next spring, he's he needs to start the year in the rotation. And, and the good thing about Ortiz, too, which a lot of other starters, like I said, his age, and I brought this up, I think, on a previous podcast, like we ran into it with uh, Contreras, right? The innings limit. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't. We're not going to run into that situation with Ortiz at all. Uh, you know, he threw 140 innings this season uh, throughout Double A, Triple A, in the majors. So, or he's he's built up. He's there. Like he is, he is ready to be a major league starting pitcher from an innings standpoint. Uh, there's right. no need to monitor innings or anything like that with him right now. That's a, that's a excuse me. That's a very good point. Yeah, like with Ronzi, you you assumed there was going to be something happening this year because he had the monitors innings. So you know, manipulation of course is going to happen, <laughs> but um, and how they do it right is probably there's a reason you could say that they needed to do it in those monitor innings. But yeah, with Luis Ortiz, like he should be full go next year. Like there's nothing to worry about, which is kind of cool. You know, he's he'll be 24 next year. Um. I don't know, man. Like I said, I'm, I'm really excited, but I'm absolutely with you. I'm absolutely with you. Like the one thing is no one has earned anything and that should be the mindset of the pirates organization right now. I mean, without bad, they are, you have to earn this stuff. And, um, again, like penciling him makes sense because of the talent, which you see and what's, you know, again, what options are available for the, the, uh, the rotation. But yeah, I want everyone, like I said, next year, it's pretty much Quinn Priester. I'm sorry, Mitch Keller, <laughs> And Ronzi Contreras, in my mind, have the pen in the rotation, and everybody else should be fighting for it. Yep. And it's like if this was like the Brewers, you know, roster. Tyler Point, we, we've talked about this too, like last offseason. Like, like Ortiz starting out in a bullpen might not be the worst thing. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, the we've There's we've brought there, that up so. a few times, and it seems like that's not really the Pirates' mo. Is no. to do those sort of things, so I'd be surprised if that happens. It's, it, it's almost like they they want you to start until they until that you show that you can't, um, and then even then they haven't really done a great job of transitioning people to the bullpen. I think, uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see. They they kind of hold on to that starting pitcher as long as possible, and you're seeing it with like Oviedo too, right? It's yeah, like they. They want you to start as much as possible until there's no way you can. 
and then they'll move you to the bullpen, even though maybe the bullpen may be a better fit overall. Mm-hmm. Kind of been kind of been how they've operated, but yeah, we'll see. But no, really, really, really strong season, really strong end of the year for Ortiz. And uh, it's good to see him get some, you know, some, some pub. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he got lit up his last game. Wasn't the very, very end wasn't good for him, <laughs> but, but it certainly was, you know, capping off of the major leagues and what he did. And like, when you take that one start out where he got lit up, like those other three were tremendous. So yeah, certainly something to be excited about heading into next season. Um <clears throat> But anyways, yeah. Yeah. Um, we did talk a little bit about Quinn Priester. So just to like touch on him this episode, we talked about him last episode. But uh, just to give you an update, he did pitch on Saturday um, for uh, the Saguaros. And uh, they, they won. They won six to three. He, uh, he went five innings, gave up four hits, walked a batter, two runs, two earned runs. Did give up a home run to Jordan Walker. At least I think that's Jordan Walker. It just says Walker. Yeah, that's Jordan Walker. Okay. Um, <laughs> who is a stud, but uh, so I mean a decent fall league start there for Priester. Uh, it's a very hitter friendly environment that he's in, and uh, yeah, he went out there. That was definitely his best start so far of the uh, Arizona fall league five innings. You, you don't always see that kind of uh, stretching out to in the fall. So good to see good start. Um, I said, he just missed some time this year. So it, it's nice to see him get some innings there against some really good competition. Yeah. And faring pretty well. Yeah. And, and again, you know, as you mentioned, it's the Arizona fall league. So that's going to be a hitters area. So um, yeah, not a bad showing by him, but, Another fine minor league system, system minor league season. It's early for me too, Jim. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he he goes from he hit every, of course, you know, rehab, but every level this year, and he finished off in Triple A. So it's like he's knocking on the door. I mean, supposedly with Ben Charrington, he's ready to make the major leagues. Yeah, find out. Well, I mean, he did exactly what you wanted to see him do in Altoona, right? Make that jump to Double A and and dominate. I, I, I mean, two point eight seven ERA in his fifteen starts, um, coming from that hitter friendly environment that he was in in Greensboro last year, which he still put up really impressive numbers there. Uh, just all around, what like that is what you want to see your top pitching prospect do. Uh, I, I, the strikeout numbers are there. The command looks good. The walk rate's not not high. It's it's kind of right where you want it to be. Just all around, just a really good season for Quinn Priester. I think right now, just the biggest thing for him is just you know the the fastball curveball slider combo is is working out pretty well. I you know if if he can kind of just get some really good feel for his changeup, then like he's going to be a pretty good starter in the majors. Um, but, but right now where he's at, I feel pretty confident in saying that that Priester should be at, at least a major league starting pitcher. Like I'm, I feel pretty confident making that statement, but it, like I say, if he can just get a little bit better feel for that change up, I think he could be really good. That's, it's probably a good way of putting it. 
you know, I feel pretty confident. I, I hate to make this comparison, but it's no, I'm not going to do it. But anyways, yeah, like I feel confident that he'll like he can be in there. What he's going to end up being is another story. You know, I don't know if he's really. I mean, again, like the hype from 2020, where it's like this guy's going to be an ace. I don't know if that's really quite there, <laughs> but uh, he can certainly be in the rotation. And again, as we talk about like what what this organization needs is good pitchers. I don't care like what number they are. They just, they just need good pitchers. Um, so for him to kind of answer these questions this year, that he's still a good prospect, you know, he can definitely pitch. Um, as we talked about with you know coming into the season, the lack of options, you know, like it wasn't really deep. There wasn't a whole lot of like top end talent, but even with that, like for pitching, there wasn't a whole lot of depth there. So like mm-hmm. we talked about Luis Ortiz making that jump that helps out, you know, he with uh, Quinn Priester, like more or less maintaining his status, you know, like, okay, he's going to be a pitcher next year. Um, so like you are seeing, like, it's funny to say like, there's, there's, I don't want to say a log jam, but there's options for next year. Like there's some real options for this Pirates rotation next season, next season. Um, two guys we talked about and some more we'll talk about as well with already Ronzi, Mitch Keller, you know, JT Brubaker there and such. So certainly. Yeah. I mean, my one concern with Kel- with, with Priester, and this is just like seeing him live too, you, you'd kind of notice it is that he doesn't really, the, the curveball is his elite pitch. It's very good. Uh, it's almost impossible to hit. Like when he throws his curveball where he wants to, people aren't making contact against it. Uh, the fastball, on the other hand, uh, doesn't really seem to miss bats, which makes me just think it's more of a he needs to be, have some pitch to complement it in a way, or you know, where that you know, it's harder to pick up his fastball. So that's that's kind of where my thought on the changeup comes is, you know, if you can develop the changeup, then that helps out your fastball too. Uh, but it also could be that maybe he needs to kind of just switch up the way he's throwing his fastball. I, I don't know exactly, but we'll we'll see the closer he gets to the majors here. He'll, he'll start off next year in AAA. Uh, hopefully, you know, he's, you know, in a position where he can join the Pirates rotation sometime next season. Uh, but just kind of throwing this out here, I feel like he's a guy who could maybe benefit from a sinker. Well, I wanted to bring it up too, and that's why I just looked up here because yeah. I remember him talking about that on the broadcast. Remember when Caps was on? I mean, that was also very insightful. I feel like, once again, like shout out to Matt Caps. But um, yeah. when they had Priester on, they were talking about that and how he's really been working mm-hmm. on that two seam. Um, but you're right. Like, and we see we see how that's helped out a lot of pitchers this year. Yeah. Uh, so right, like that's something that he even talked about. He's been working on, especially with that slider. Um, so if that can really develop, that's I think something you're looking onto that he can get you know even better. Um, but anyways, yeah. I, I just wanted to look it up to confirm. It's like I remember, and that's what it was from. It was a Caps um, interview with him on the broadcast. Yeah, because I mean, he, he does kind of mess around with one right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I mean, he throws both a four seamer and a two seamer, but yeah, there's just something about his fastball that doesn't necessarily miss, uh, miss bats. So, which is fine. You know, like you can let that curveball be your wipeout pitch, but I mean, again, look at Mitch Keller. Right. So, 
that'll just be kind of the thing to keep an eye on him. That was the comp I wanted to say <laughs> earlier. Yeah. His, so I, was I like, mean, you the, know, I'm afraid to say it right now because I don't need Quinn Priester to take four years to develop. But like, it is true though. Like the, from a repertoire standpoint, um, very, very Miss Keller esque right now. Yeah. So, and in the commands there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he could just end up being Miss Keller 2.0, but hopefully a little more advanced. That doesn't, yeah, it doesn't take him four years to figure it out. Right. Um. All right. So, so, so when I met when we started off the episode, I said you know three starting pitchers took steps forward to uh, kind of ease ease our fears here on the pitching side of things. One was Ortiz. Priester was not one of those three. Like Priester was was one of the was one of the couple starting pitchers going into the season that uh that we felt pretty pretty good about right um i do want to talk about the next two guys they're both in different positions but both of them took i think really good steps forward to to make me think very highly of them uh first one and and again this is coming off a really good 2021 so it was good to see him kind of repeat it but mike burrows yeah um dominated in greensboro at age 21 Came into Altoona this year, dominated, uh, went to AAA, struggled in his time in AAA, um, still 22 years old, so I'm not really too, too concerned. And the peripheral still looked pretty good at AAA. Uh, he got you know bit by the long ball a little bit, uh, which caused the ERA to inflate a little bit. But um, really solid season from Mike Burrows. The stuff is really good. Another guy who kind of probably in the same boat as Priester, where you know you'll probably see them start in AAA next year, but you hope that halfway through the season that they are they are ready to help out this team in the rotation. Yes, I'm with you. Um, to me, I felt like what you said is correct, but I guess the way I'm going to word it is to me, it felt like he did the same as like Quinn Priester, like in the sense of last year was the year that he really broke out. I mean, I don't think Mike Burroughs is really on too many people's radars outside of, I think when Tim Williams is on, wasn't like this, that his dude. Yep. I, I think last year you asked yeah, him that said year, like, what's the one guy. Yep. And it was Burroughs for him. Yeah. Um, prophecy fulfilled. <laughs> he broke out last year mm -hmm. in a big way. So I think this year was, can he maintain that? And he did. You know, I, I don't think he dropped off anything this year. Like, okay, that was just like – it wasn't like the Matt Frazier where it was like, okay, he's back yeah. down to earth. This guy, this wasn't legit. You know, I'm, and it doesn't look like he – he didn't make any jumps. You know, it didn't make it – like this year was even better. But he maintained. It was like, okay, this is a legit guy. Um, so I, I think that's what helped this year. You know, he, he, he certainly is a guy that you look for into the future. Uh, as mentioned, like you said, he did make the AAA this year. So again, another guy that's that's ready. He's knocking on the door. Albeit the numbers weren't impressive in AAA. Who who cares? Again, it, he's made that jump. At that point, uh, like I'm not too worried. It's only 42 innings as well. Uh, like I said, the peripherals were there. Um, I'm excited for this guy as well. Again, probably not like a top end guy, and that's perfectly fine. But this is certainly a guy that has options uh, or provides you options this year for the major league club. You know, I feel like you're probably right like him and priester will start in triple a but that's okay because at the end of the year they should be there um 
and that he's part of this log jam I'm talking about. That was the other guys talking and mentioning, you know, Luis Ortiz already there. Priso should be there. Burrow should be there. So like you have, you actually have some real depth and talent, not, not stud talent. Like none of these guys are talking about are probably aces of a, of a rotation, but there's certainly guys in the mix for a rotation and good quality pitching, which is something the pirates haven't had in four years. So I'm excited for Michael Burrs. Yeah, I mean, what, what we're seeing is 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 good pitching talent at the top end of the minors. So, like in the high in the highest levels, and we haven't really seen that in a while. It's been some time since we've had multiple starting pitchers in AAA or the majors. You know, young talent. So it, it's nice to see. Burrows is just another one of those guys in the mix. Um, so again, like not all these guys are going to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still out of all the guys that we've talked about so far. I'm probably still the most skeptical about Burrow's ability to start. Um, just because one, we haven't really, he hasn't really ever done it over the court. Like he hasn't, he hasn't put up the innings yet that you would want to see out of a starter. This year was his, his innings uh, maximum that he's had. And he was at 94 and a third this, this year. Yeah. He's yet to break, you know, a hundred innings in a year. Um, you know, the lack of having like a good third pitch concerns me mm-hmm. a little bit, but the, but the two pitches he does have are very good. Uh, so, you know, there are some things in his profile that kind of make you think eh, this guy could be a reliever, but there's also like, he's also shown that, you know, up to this point he can start. So let's, let's let him start until he shows you he can't do it. Um, but uh, no, really good year. Uh, another step forward for him one step closer to the majors uh, just another guy to be to be excited about um, with with this club moving forward so I, I think we talked about we talked about Ortiz and, and how you know he won't be on any sort of innings restrictions next year Burroughs is a guy where he's going to kind of be in in Contreras's boat you know ne- next year where you know you're probably looking at you don't want Burrows to throw more than you know 140 pit 40 innings next year so that will be something to kind of keep an eye on especially if he does make the jump to the majors uh there may be some some things there where you know they mess with his innings a little bit but ha, not me this time but no, good season. Uh, excited, excited to see what he can do with with more with more AAA time. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. So like other three guys as we've mentioned with Ortiz, Priester, and Burrows, I think right like Ortiz and Burrows have the could end up being bullpen guys. Where Quinn Priester is safe to be a rotation guy. Um, so those are the two knocks I guess on Ortiz and Burrows. Uh, of course, Ortiz has some really good stuff, and Burrows does too for those two pitches like you mentioned, his curveball. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like you said, like there's three actual talents that are here, and that's something that the Pirates haven't had. I mean, there's uh, Mitch Keller probably has been the only one, and Pirates fans have been sour on Mitch Keller for years. So like, there's three guys right now coming in the next year that, like, again, have this talent that you haven't seen from the Pirates. And uh, so I'm, 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 I'm curious what they're going to do this offseason as well. Like you said. One veteran makes a lot of sense, and it makes a lot of sense too to have a veteran in that rotation because there's gonna be a lot of young guys in it. Um, 
But I wonder, I don't know. I even wonder if they're going to do that. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I, I I think they do bring one guy in. I, I think you kind of just like have to. But if they don't, they have the arms of bear if they don't, but you, you definitely would want to see somebody come in for sure. I think it's funny is Anthony, uh, this is the bar, oh man, but Anthony says judge pitching prospects by whether they are below or above Stephen Brault in potential. Yeah. So I guess on the Stephen Brault barometer, where do you rank these three guys? Above or below? I would say that the uh, the the ceiling of all three of these guys is above Stephen Brault. I would say the floor on Priester is above Brault. I feel like Ortiz you got to put up there. I feel like I think the floor on Ortiz is probably above Brault, and then Burroughs I still don't know yet. I think that's fair because. Again, I'm very confident that Ortiz could be a very good bullpen guy. Where Brault still wasn't like a very good bullpen guy; he was just an innings eater. Right. Good to know. All right. All right. So those are those are two or the three guys that I that I wanted to mention there. Um, lastly, um, the the th- the third prospect that made makes me feel a little bit better about this rebuild, and he's he's farther away. Than the other guys, right? So, so you know, you'll have to give him a little bit of time. But uh, Anthony Solomato, just Put that a back really, really good, uh, a really good debut campaign for Solomato. Uh, it, it was, you know, it wouldn't was it was probably you know around June. We're like, you know, where's where's Anthony Solomato at, and why, why hasn't he pitched yet? And uh, you know, they finally unleashed him. His first minor league game came in, you know, May 27th was his, was his debut. And he crushed it um, this year. Just, just an unreal debut there for Bradenton. 19 years old. He ended up going five and one, 13 games, 47 and two thirds innings, uh, 9.63 strikeouts per nine, 3.5 walks per nine 2.64 earned run average 2.83 fip uh just a really really good debut uh you know not much more you can say about him like the funky delivery kind of put him on everybody's radar just because like he just throws it's almost like he throws like he belongs in like the the 60s or something um but (laughs) It, it's a weird windup, but <laughs> yeah, it's it's a weird windup. Um, I, I don't know how, but it's, it must be deceptive. But really, really good opening campaign for Solomedo. He was the se- the first overall pick in the second round last mm-hmm. year in the 2021 draft. So, uh, high school arm, big, projectable, six five, two twenty, lefty. It's good to have a lefty arm in the system too, because they're kind of lacking on those right now. But couldn't be happier with the way Salamedo starts off his pro day, his uh, pro uh, career. For sure, for sure. We talked a little bit like of that draft class. I'm mean, of course Henry Davis. You know, we talked to him last week. Bubba Chandler. You know, Lonnie White. Uh, Bubba, we talked. Obviously, there's going to be probably like 
a length in his development because of the type of player he is. So there's that. You know, it's it's going to be wait and see with him. With Lonnie White, the injuries, it's like, uh, you know, we still haven't been able to see him. So with Solomon coming in this year and just doing what he did uh, was was nice to see because that draft cat draft class is going to be talked about. You know, we've been that was like the highlight. I mean, what what Charrington was able to do with you know the money situation and by you know getting Henry Davis, who's able to scoop up these three guys. I mean, it's going to be talked about how they come up or whatever. Um, so seeing Solomon do what he did, it was nice to see. Um, I think, like you mentioned, that was the highlight, not the highlight, but a lot of chatter last year, like that delivery. Everyone talked about it. Um, and the comp two was how come I can't think of the name? He pitches for Arizona right now with that delivery from the Giants. They he took out the Pirates, <laughs> Bumgarner, Bumgarner, yeah, Bumgarner esque, uh, I think was Salamento mm-hmm. in the sense, but uh. I don't know, man. Like, I'm kind of with you. I'm excited with this kid right now. Yeah, and, and obviously you need to see him do it throughout the the minors, right? You know, A ball is a lot different than high A or double A or triple A. Mm-hmm. So, but that's where he's at. So, if that's where he's at, you want to see him perform where he's at, and that's exactly what he did. But yeah, I think that I mean next year the big thing you'll want to see from him is just pitching more right so you'll want to see him get into like maybe 90 innings pitched or so and uh like he's a guy where you know he could kind of take you know if you go into greensboro next year and you and you dominate he's probably going to take like that quinn priester route where you know you'll probably see him like a full season in greensboro right um but which makes yeah just yeah nothing yeah nothing Nothing to complain about with Salamedo this year and, and really just exactly what you would want to see out of a top pitching prospect in the low levels of the minors. Yes. Yeah. We'll turn 20 in December. Let's put out yep. there. So again, like he's still still very young. I mean, I can see yep. like he said a full season in double A. Or uh yeah, in um Greensboro. Hi. Anthony brings up that he could fly through the system just because of his release point. I don't know. We just haven't seen. I haven't seen the Pirates do that yet with a with a high school arm. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I feel like they're gonna, you know, they still they're still gonna have to build up his innings count. And like you, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I feel like just he's gonna take kind of that route where next year, full year in Greensboro, year after, full year in Altoona, maybe get into Indy at some point in 2024 towards the end of the year, just like, just like Priester. I think that's probably the route we see him go unless he's just on a whole other planet and level that there's just no reason for him to be at a level anymore. So we'll see. We'll see. That would be a good thing. That would be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, who else do you want to talk about pitching wise? Uh, and there's there's a lot of other. I think those are kind of the main four, right? Yes. Ortiz, Priester, uh, Burroughs, and Salamedo. Uh, You know, we touched on 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 Bubba Chandler last week, so he kind of falls into that category. I think the thing with Chandler is just we're gonna have to be really patient with him, like because he does both. Because he was a two sport athlete in high school, like he's just 
farther behind everybody mm-hmm. else, right? Like he just he's he's he just hasn't been doing it as much as everybody else. So, uh, you know, he he did reach a ball this year, looked pretty good pitching in a ball this year. So I'm going to be curious to see if they get real aggressive with him and send him to Greensboro next year to start the season because that would be a pretty aggressive push, especially for the bat on his end. Uh, but maybe maybe hitting in Greensboro could kind of help out his his bat a little bit. But uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Um, and he it was seems kinda, again like they're yeah. they're still all about the two way. Yeah, so. they're, I think just like like we talk about how they're, they they let pitchers start until they show them otherwise. I think with Chandler, they're going to let him do both until he shows them otherwise. I do like pitching is the priority for him though. Like they they're not going to let the hitting get in the way of his pitching development. Mm-hmm. Like that is their main thing. Uh, so that's, that's going to be the, the biggest thing to watch. Once it gets to the point where, like, if, if the hitting is just not coming around, they're just they will go full time pitcher, because um, that is where he is most talented at. Obviously, you want to have the two way player. There's so much value in a two way player. The fact that you can basically take up two roster positions with one guy is so valuable. Uh, but in Chandler's case, just know that the pitching is going to take precedence over the hitting all every time. So yep. if the hitting ever starts deterring his pitching development there, they, they may, they may, that's when they may make a change. Yep. 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 Um, so it's funny. Anthony that says this because this is the guy I wanted to talk about next, but Anthony asks, how do you feel about Stallings return after a season? Uh, the next guy I did want to talk about was Kyle Nicholas, because like you mentioned, yep. like we, we touched on the four, there's certainly guys in the future, on uh, not so far away future, I guess Salamento in a sense. So the next dude I want to talk about is Kyle Nicholas because uh, I was kind of vocal once again about the Sullings trade, maybe about a week ago, a week and a half ago, because it looks awful. And again, I don't care what Sullings is doing this year for Miami. That makes absolutely zero. I'm I'm lost for words, Jim. I need. Well, you I mean, you're, you traded Zero. Jacob. You traded Jacob Stallings after. I mean, you, you traded the version of Jacob Stallings that you traded. You didn't trade Jacob Stallings now. So right. Yeah. So you're in a case, I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. like that. That it means nothing for me. And yeah. right. And that is the reasons because I I don't think I was expecting Jacob Stallings to be exactly what he was. Like he still could regress. He is aging, but not this level. And at any point, you hung on to Jacob Stallings when. Iron was hot <laughs> for catching, uh, and 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 this is the point where you said this was the return I needed to get to trade Jacob Stallings, and the return just seemed very meh. And we already saw Zach Thompson. I don't need to go into depth about Zach Thompson. Um, we talked about hitters last week, and neither of us mentioned Connor Scott, and it's because Connor Scott stinks. So the only guy left in this like return that you have any hope for is Kyle Nicholas. So let's talk about his season uh, in double A, which is not a repeat in the stadium, but a repeat at the level. So he is 23 years old. He repeated double A again this year uh, for Pittsburgh. 22 starts, 90 innings pitched, 3.97 ERA. Strikeouts were still there. So were the walks. I felt like at the time of the trade, 
and I think we all agreed on this. He's going to, well, of course, with the Pirates, like you said, he's going to give it every opportunity as a starter. But I think at the end of the day, he's a bullpen guy. So what's your thoughts on Kyle Nicholas to this point? Um, I wasn't very high on Kyle Nicholas going into the year, mostly because I think he he will become a relief pitcher. I would say he did nothing this year to make me think less of him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he, he had a pretty good year. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say he did anything to change my opinion of him though, in a positive way. Like he, I kind of still am where I am with, with Kyle Nicholas. I, I, I think he's a, I think he's a fine pitching prospect. I think he's going to be a major league pitcher someday. I don't know if the starting rotation is necessarily where that's going to be <clears throat> mainly because of the lack of, of a, of a third pitch. Um, you know, he, he now has 130 innings at double a. So the guy will be in triple a next year. So it will be a pretty interesting rotation in Indianapolis next year. He's going to join a pretty solid cast of characters. Uh, he's going to be 24 years old next year as well. Um, so from like a, from like a prospect status, and you look, he's like basically the same age as Luis Ortiz, right? Luis Ortiz mm-hmm. pitched in AAA already. He's pitched in the major leagues already. Um, you know, so he's, he's, he's behind that that developmental-wise. I don't know. I, th- I guess I'm still like, I- I'm curious to see what he can do. Like, you know, start in AAA, see if there's anything there. Um, but I think at this point, like, I'm not, I'm not counting on Kyle Nicholas being a major league starter. Um if he can be a good relief pitcher, then cool. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with him. I, I'm still going to give him every opportunity to start in AAA, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much we'll see of, uh, of Kyle Nicholas starting in the major leagues. That's pretty much where I'm at with him as well. Yeah. Um, the good way of putting it is right. Like it didn't change anything. My thought on him is basically the same. Which isn't a bad thing in the sense, like you said, like it's not right. as if like he had the season and I'm like, oh God, this guy's a reliever. You're kind of going into the mindset of he probably was. Um, and he maintained that. And the stuff that he does have is is exciting stuff, right? But like you said, much lack of command. He's fastball slatter guy, which is okay. I mean, like everything we talked about with Burroughs, like could he do it in the major leagues? That's the question. Um, but he has control of his stuff. <laughs> Um, he doesn't walk basically five guys per nine. That's like that's the thing with Ortiz. Like he has some electric type of stuff, but he walks everyone. Now, I, what I will say too is, I mean, part of the downside at the time of trade, I know in Double A it wasn't it didn't happen as much, but in High A for uh, Nicholas in Miami, like the home run was a problem for him as well. I mean, he's going to almost two home runs per nine uh, in High A. I'll be at just 60 innings, you know, in 2021, but that was something to look out for. So I guess the one thing too, that maybe settled me down was in double a this year for the entire season, uh, 0.89 home runs per nine. So, okay. Like at least he's not giving up the long ball all the time. Maybe that's just a fluky season in high for him at that point. Um, so, but still like with the walks still much concerning, like that's been his MO his pretty much entire career so far. So, right. Like he does strike out a lot. He walks a lot. Sounds kind of familiar. Sounds much like a bullpen guy. Two-pitch guy. That's where I'm at with him as well. Probably going to be a reliever. Now, I guess 
to combat what Anthony says. I would be fine with the trade if he's a good reliever. That's just where I'm at. Like, I'm not fine with the trade. I'm just this is a talk for another show. This is a prospect one. I'm just not. And for the ones that are saying, like, well, if you kept Stallings, he'd be doing this in Pittsburgh. Okay, I get that and I have to eat that L. But to me, this wasn't the trade to pounce on trading Jacob Stallings for. But anyways, another day, another time. Um, so here, the the Brault barometer. Kyle Nicholas, above or below Stephen Brault? Uh, Kyle Nicholas is below Stephen Brault. Ceiling? What about floor? Or both? I think the floor is probably higher than Brault, but the ceiling's lower. Like, Kyle Nicholas will never... Like, I mean, how many starts did Stephen Brault make in the major leagues? Decent amount. Even Stephen Brault made... 52 major league starts. Kyle Nicholas won't sniff that number. I like the way you said it, though. That's where I'm at, too. Ceiling-wise, below, but floor for sure. Because I, I think, again, like he will and can. I'm not going to say will. Sorry. He has the potential to be a good reliever. And again, Stephen Brault in that role still wasn't good. Right. Yeah. Brault is a really good innings eater. Yeah. So, yep, that's where I'm at, too. Ceiling wise below, floor above. The Brault barometer. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, 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 he's he's fine kind of where he's at in prospect lists, like right around you know, he's a top 30 prospect, but you know, I'm not gonna give him much more credit than that. I think another pitcher that kind of falls in the same category, maybe a little bit more advanced, but like Carmen Majinski at mm. this point also is kind of you know, relief, relief pitcher mold. And, and it's just because like this, again, the stuff is really good. Um, he just hasn't really put it all together yet. And, and maybe that's just, you know, he just needs to pitch more, but I'm kind of, you know, he's been moving through the system pretty quickly. You know, he was, a he's gone two seasons now and he's in triple a. Uh, so that's good to see. He was advanced. You know, he was kind of drafted as that like that advanced college arm. So he has moved through the system, but he hasn't really done it in a way that like makes you excited in any way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's that's he's, a good way of putting it. He's pitching fine everywhere he's at. And so that just kind of lends me to believe that you know, if he is a starter, he's maybe a number five starter, but maybe better suited for that for that bullpen role. So he was another guy I wanted to just kind of touch on. Um I guess, and just to touch on it, he was yeah. basically like in top 10 prospect lists for like, I think Baseball America, like he was around like the top 10 for a lot. I'm just looking at fan graphs now and yeah, he's, he's down there at this point. Yeah. I mean, he's, again, he belongs in, in top 30 lists, I think, because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, he's in the high levels now. He's got pedigree. I think he can be a major league pitcher. I don't know how necessarily effective he can be though. Yeah. What about uh, if we're going kind of real quick on guys? What about Jared Jones? What he's done this year for you? Uh, so the one thing with Jones is the the stuff and the strikeouts didn't really miss a beat. Um, he did a little bit better with his walks this year. The innings is kind of what has surprised me the most with Jones because you watch him 
and you look at him and you're like, there's no way this guy can be like, there's no way this guy can throw like this for a lot of innings. Uh, but this year he kind of put that to, like he threw 122 innings this year. Um, and, and like I said, did it in a, did it in a tough ballpark. I'll have to look up his road, his home road splits. I'm kind of curious to see how, how that is, um, you know, with, with playing there in Greensboro, but the, the overall results were pretty much the same as last year, like from like a runs mm-hmm. given up standpoint. Uh, obviously he didn't have like Looney Tunes numbers like he did last year with like 14 strikeouts per nine, but he's still at a really strong, he's over 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Um, I think with him, it's just, uh, let him keep going. But again, a guy who screams reliever to me. Yeah. Just the way he throws. I don't know if he can do that over the course of a major league season. I said this year the 120 innings definitely surprised me, but I think you're looking at a reliever. So, what about the barometer for Jared Jones? God, um, I'm putting Jared Jones at at below a Stephen Brault career. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. So. I think Sorry, uh, the best way to put it is like he's job. he's certainly got better stuff yeah. than Stephen Broad ever did. Yes, but absolutely. Um, I guess I could put ceiling above though, still, but floor definitely below. Yeah, I mean he yeah. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, Majinski and Jones are two guys I also just lightly want to touch on. Um, anybody else that you wanted to mention? Um. I guess. I guess there's one more. I just want to go ahead. Mention. I, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with where, uh, where we're at. I think the other people are mostly going to be bullpen and depth guys. But yeah, go ahead. Not that I follow this season long too tightly, but Paul Yu Chen certainly a guy to keep an eye on still. But just in single uh, in a ball, twenty years old. I mean, had a not so good season, but like peripheral wise, also not too bad. Um, I mean, yes, like four point five ERA doesn't scream great, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, strikes out, doesn't walk too much, doesn't give it home runs. He was, I mean, certainly a big time international prospect. The Pirates got you know he's still yeah. young in a sense. Um, so I'm still like he's still on my radar for sure, um, but I guess I guess just kind of mentioned right now. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm still I'm still definitely like interested in Po Yu Chen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously he gets on your radar with the international signing, gets on your radar with how he started last year in the complex league, how he went like. 20 something innings without like giving up a hit whatever right. it was it was it was stupid um oh he didn't walk a batter his in, in 26 innings right he, yeah so i think he had a really good season actually like the era i think is a little misleading um because the other numbers all look really good uh mm-hmm. so that's kind of how i'm going to judge him at uh solid solid first full season of of uh pro ball 
Uh, he is a little bit older than than you know the other guys because he did come over uh, from I think Po Chen was Korea, South Korea, right? Um, I believe so. Yeah. So you know he's 21 now. He's going to be 22 in March, basically. Uh, so and and you you'll be starting off in high A ball. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how he does in high A. Like definitely somebody to keep an eye on though. Like he he definitely has starter potential, like back end rotation potential. Uh, so certainly someone to keep an eye on going forward. You know, the age thing. Yeah. I'm so thrown off right now. Because, yeah, he is 21. He's about to be 22. But, like, when you look, it says this was his age 20 season. And last year was his age 19. What is going on? Yeah, I think they just – well, I think they, they go by – well, they usually go by your age opening day is technically how it works. Which, But with him, he would have been 22, 22. Um, this yeah. got to be off. It says October second is his birthday, and he's twenty-one years, eight days. Oh, today's October tenth, dude. It's early. I thought that meant month. <laughs> I thought I saw months. It's days. <laughs> I was like, "How's he going to be twenty-two in two months?" Yeah, he just turned twenty-one. My bad. My bad. Oh, I messed that up too. Then I had yeah. eight months. Oh, so. that's why I was that's screwed up. Then that's what but it yeah. was. Yeah, because I'm like, wait, he's going to be turning off. twenty-two. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. No, he just turned 21. That's what it is. Right. Um, now I'm a little more comfortable. <laughs> Omar Cruz, another guy that kind of string, screams bullpen to me. Just, uh, but but as far as left-handed pitchers go, if he's he's really the only guy who's close to the majors who fits that bill. Um, but I, I wasn't super impressed with his season in Altoona this year. Um, and I think it actually says something too that the Pirates had him kind of repeat that level because I think you could have made an argument to send him to Triple A this year, and they they sent him back to Double A, and he did not perform very well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Omar Cruz, <clears throat> Joe Musgrove, the uh, first pitcher ever to throw seven plus scoreless innings and allow fewer than two hits in a postseason elimination game. Anyways, go. I digress. Um, I will say this though, Omar Cruz probably a guy. Well, they sent him to the Arizona Fall League just to to get another look at him, but he's Rule Five eligible this year. So when we go through our when we go through our list and and how we're going to construct this forty man roster going into the winter meetings, uh, definitely uh, going to have some debate for Omar Cruz because uh-oh. yeah, do you add him? Do you not? Because he's definitely a guy where if you leave him exposed. You know, I could see him being like a lefty arm that a team could stow away in a bullpen. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, but also at the same point, if you're saying, "All right, Jim, if if you lose a 24 year old Omar Cruz next year, is that really gonna?" Really we'll gonna debate. Add. <laughs> so <laughs> right. I don't know. There's gonna be a lot of 40 man debate this year, much like there was last year, but even more this year. There will be. Yep. Fun times. Yep. All right, man. Well, uh, does that pretty much wrap it up for you? I think that pretty much wraps it up. We're not going to talk about like the new guys drafted this season. There were a few, but none of them really got enough uh, enough sure. of a look 
to to evaluate them. Um, but yeah, I think we covered. I think we covered everything pretty pretty good there. Sounds good. All right. Well, then I oh, guess with that, Cody that's... Bolton. It was our first time seeing Cody Bolton since 2019. Okay. He's also um, going to be Roll Five eligible this year, and and he pitched pretty good. I mean, in in AAA. So again, first time pitching in three years. He was he was kind of that top pitching prospect. You know, at one point, not really top pitching prospect, but like he was on our radar. Yeah. You know, after after that really good season in high A ball in 2019, um, but he comes back, throws AAA, goes in AAA for the first time of his career. Uh, 75 innings. Uh, he had a 25 percent strikeout rate, 12 percent walk rate. That's the highest he's had in his career. Um, but uh, a solid, uh, solid season. Yeah, I mean, hitters only hit 205 against them this year. Um, opponents batting average 205. So really strong season from Burroughs and he is rule five eligible as well. Uh, now 24 years old, but I think he could be somebody who helps out this team, whether that be, you know, starting pitching depth or bullpen. I don't know what that role is right now, but uh, it was nice to see him back because it's been a while and he pitched pretty good. Yep. Yeah, I don't have much more to add to that. Yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Well, then I guess we will let this go. Um, we'll leave you this. So, again, the fanboys. Oh, shit, that ended yesterday, huh? I just thought about that. Well, the fanboys, October 19th. Um, and then are we going to be on for NS9, NS9 Live this Thursday? I'm not. You guys might be. Probably I'm in Missouri that. all yeah, week. Whatever. The great state of Missouri. If Tyler and I don't come on for NS9 Live this Thursday, um, we'll be back again next week. It's just one of those things, you know, we're in this as a pirate season, it's over, and there's nothing that can really happen right now. So, what more can you talk about? We'll have some season wrap ups. I'm sure you want to be part of it though, Jim. So, I don't know if Tyler and I will take it from you by ourselves. But uh, if we don't see you Thursday, we'll see you guys next week. What are you showing off here? Your PGA hat. Connor said to before Jim goes, can he oh. spin his hat around? So this is the PGA Championship at Valhalla, and it's the it's the got the Louisville Cardinal on the side. Thanks, Connor. All right, we're out of here. See you guys later. Bye bye. See you guys. Oh,